opinions expressed on the Custody Queen show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice. The persons discussed are fictional and not based on actual clients. Hi, I'm Kristen Holstrom. And I'm Sam McBride, and we are the Custody Queens. We have a new show that we couldn't be more excited about. If you're going through a custody battle, fighting for your parental rights, or going through a horrible divorce, nothing is off limits on our new show. Thought it was love, had kids in between, you can count on us, we're the Custody Queens, yeah, you can count on us, we're the Custody Queens. We are back. I'm Sam McBride, here with Kristen Holstrom. We are the Custody Queens, and we are so excited to be back here for another Saturday and every Saturday with you guys on Go Country 105. And for everyone that doesn't know, we are family law attorneys here in Southern California, and we specialize in all family cases and have a concentration on complex child custody cases. But first, before we get to any of our segment today, uh, Sam, let's do the new-ish segment, as you call it. Sam's always uh, advising me of the new hip terms because I'm way I'm way outdated. I don't know that they're hip. It's just that I I forget half of a lot of words when I talk. I like to abbreviate everything. Yeah, and I'm almost 10 years older than Sam, and she's an old soul, so I appreciate that because we spend a lot of time together, and, and I don't ever feel an age difference until she sends me texts or memes or videos that I don't quite understand. Yeah, or I, I don't understand the language that she's using. Kristen, Kristen's... Probably one of the funniest people I know. Actually, if not the funniest person I know. But uh, this week, she was asking how to use a GIF. Yes. And that was amazing. I, like, I literally had to, like, screenshot and, like, circle here. Yeah, we have a, we have a group text uh, with all of our attorneys at the office. And, you know, it's just, it's funny things that may have happened to us in our personal life or as being parents or, at, you know, sometimes opposing parties or opposing councils do really funny things that we just want to comment on. But they always use these really cool gifts. And I'm always <laughs> stuck to emojis. Uh, I really like the crying happy one. That's kind of like yeah. my signature. You toggle back and forth between the crying one and like the super crying one. Or or the one with the girl with her hands up, like the WTF or yeah. I have no clue. <laughs> um, yeah, those are my three, but I'm strictly kind of an emoji girl, but they always use these cool gifts. And so every time we have a conversation, <laughs> I ask, how do you use the gif again? <laughs> so um, I always appreciate Sam keeping me hip and cool and ish. <laughs> so let's get on to notes to our younger selves. Okay, so I was thinking about this a lot and I, I think that I could probably lecture my younger self for quite some time. But this week I kind of wanted to talk about how, you know, when I was younger, I don't know that I had, I mean, I was always loud. I've, I've always been a loud person, but I don't know that I stood up for myself enough growing up in junior high and high school. Um, you know, kids can be bullies and, and everyone's got their hormones going on. It's a weird time for everyone. And I think that if I could go back and tell something to myself, it would be to stand up for yourself. This doesn't mean go be rude to people. I'm, I, I think kindness is probably one of the better traits that anyone can have and, and hold on to, but to, to kind of listen to the voice in your own head and to recognize the value in that because if you spend too much time considering what everyone else says 
you're going to be in hot water quick. And, and my dad uh, always said this to me growing up. Don't give someone the key to your house. And it's kind of an analogy he used. And what that means is really like don't give somebody else's opinion so much value. Doesn't mean that you don't listen to other people's opinions and consider it, but don't let someone else's opinion of you dictate who you are. And if, if we did that, and it kind of goes into our, our show for today and our segment for today, but if you do that, you'll be paralyzed. You won't move forward in life because there is, I promise you, for every person that likes you and what you're doing, there are gonna be 10 that don't. So you can have a voice, but also don't give someone the power over your emotions. Right. That's a great one, Sam. I really like that one. Uh, yeah, my mom taught me at a very, very young age um, that not everybody is gonna like you. And that was just something cool that she taught me and goes right along with yeah. your, your note to your younger self. But it's very true. And it's, it's hard to process at a younger age, but it is something that my mom tried to instill in me at a very young age. And that brings up a really good point because I, I think what's meant by that is if you can't change the way that people feel about you, you got to be able to change the way that you feel about yourself. You can't allow someone else's opinion of you dictate your thought process because it's just a fact. And it's what you always say, take care of your side of the street. You can only take care of your side of the street and that applies to every aspect in life. And it's harder to implement than it is to say, but you know, practice makes perfect. And the older that I get, the more I try to not allow other people's opinions of me or their beliefs of me or things I may do or the, may, the way I parent. People have opinions about everything. Right. But if I give them the ability and the power over my emotions, they win. Right. So what I would tell my younger self is to take more pictures with my parents and for me to follow that rule with my kids. Because something I've noticed is I've been putting kind of some digital photo albums together and trying to take a lot of the baby books that my mom had given me now that I'm an adult. And I've been trying to digitize <laughs> and get with the times. But I realized that after a period of, you know, maybe from the time I was 10 on, I have very few pictures of me and my mother. Yeah. And even me with my father, um, I probably have more of me and my dad on the soccer field because he coached me for many years. But I have very few pictures of me and my mom. And I've noticed going through my 6,000 pictures on my phone that I'm always the one taking the pictures. So I am rarely in the pictures with my we kids. We forget that pictures are really for like memories later. We're so caught up in social media, digital age that we forget in a couple of years that you wanna see the whole picture and what's happened. Yeah. It's actually really funny because we were watching home videos not that long ago and my dad at the time was all like jazzed about his like- Camcorder. Cam yeah, and but it's, we're at like Disneyland and he's just zooming in on like the rides. There's <laughs> no people at all in any of these. So like every once in a while, you'll see like a flash to like my sister, Natalie, like, hey, Natalie, wave. But like for the most part, it's just like, panning around, looking at the like hills and mountains behind. So I love funny. those old video recorder tapings. My dad used to have the giant one that sat on your shoulder. Yes. And uh, this was back in the 80s because I was born in the 80, 1980. And he would, you know, film my sister and I coming down the stairs every Christmas morning with that giant camcorder awesome. and then put it on the tripod. So clearly times have changed and now we always have our phone. But just going through the pictures and this kind of dawned on me as we were preparing for the show 
is that I want my kids to have pictures of me because yeah. that's when I'm at my age right now, I look back and I'm like, gosh, I don't have hardly any pictures of me and my mom. Yeah. So it's important. And I wish I tell everyone out there listening, if you're a mom, you're a dad, be in the picture. Yeah. Be in the picture. And you know what I do is when I'm on Facebook often is I don't even post a lot of my pictures as public. I change the privacy setting to only me. I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> but I do that because those pictures aren't for the world. Those pictures are for me. Yeah. And how often I, I have that um, Alexa, you know, that the TV kind of it's a little TV. I have it on my desk and it plays all of the pictures that I have uploaded on Amazon Photos. And I will be on the worst phone call with the most unreasonable person negotiating over a crock pot, as I always use as, as my example, or going through just a painful you know, settlement negotiation. And then I see a picture of one of my kids or my even my dogs or my husband or my family. And it really just you know takes two seconds and changes your day. So that's my note to my younger self. I think that's great, Kristen. So maybe your marriage didn't go as planned, or maybe you didn't pick the best partner to have a child with. Or could it just be baby mama drama? Well, no matter what the situation is, we can help. We are the Custody Queens, and you can call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. I think now it's time for our favorite segment, Divorce Wars. This is where Kristen and I listen to a gruesome fact pattern story and we analyze it and we kind of give our, our knee jerk reaction to all of the issues that it brings up in family law. Yeah, and remember everybody, these are fictional. Uh, parts of them may be may sound like uh, that something that you're familiar with or something that you know somebody going through, uh, but these are fictional and- uh, They're relatable. It, yeah, and it's story time, so let's hear it. This is Divorce Wars. My brother is a divorce attorney. His most memorable case, he was representing a guy in a divorce custody battle who was accused of horrific child abuse. Very graphic, very detailed descriptions from the young kids against daddy. Things looked grim. Then my brother, who's a failed actor, notices the deposition transcript done by social workers under oath contains a question at the end from one of the kids. Did I hit my marks? He wonders how little kids know about acting jargon. Subpoena's wife's personal checking account during discovery. Sure enough, acting lessons. Deposes an extremely sketchy acting coach and panicked coach produces DVDs of practice interrogations with the kids hours of coaching the kids on exactly what imaginary things to say about daddy. It was his one and only Perry Mason moment in 20 plus years of practice and dad got sole custody of the kids. First of all, I love Perry Mason and who doesn't love having a Perry Mason moment, right Absolutely. Sam? We've all had a few and I promise you, we all remember those vividly. Uh, the first thing that I want to point out here to the, to uh, the listeners is I don't know that it happens to this extreme, but kids are coached a lot. Kids are coached for depositions. Kids are coached for hearings where uh, a judge or a social worker or you know, a third party may be doing some sort of custody investigation, but it happens. Kids are coached a lot. So in California, children are very protected. They are. And 
there's only a few scenarios in which a child would be interviewed and that is generally limited to a child custody evaluator which is generally a psychologist or a social worker and in limited capacity sometimes a judge will find that a child is of age and of the appropriate mental capacity and will allow the child to speak in his or her chambers or in a closed courtroom that is only ha that only has specific attorneys and a judge in there. Yeah, that's exactly right. There's actually a code section in family law that protects children, but also affords children of sufficient age to express their preference in a custody case. The court is the person that is going to dictate how that happens and the appropriate nature. So there's a lot of protections put in place to try to prevent children from being thrown into the middle of litigation. Before any child custody hearing occurs, mediation is generally set. We've talked a lot about mediation on our show, but it's generally where the parents go and whether it's Skype or videoed or in person, it all depends on the county a mediator will interview the children. Sometimes the mediator will find that it is necessary to then interview the children or the child, depending on you know, how many children are involved in the case. And when Kristen talks about mediation in this case, what she's talking about more narrowly is custody mediation to try to figure out if parents can come to agreements regarding joint legal and physical custody or some sort of other custodial parenting plan. And when we talk about uh, children being interviewed in general in this fact pattern, we're talking about a social worker uh, interviewing a child and, and this is getting produced in a very confidential report is, is something I'd like to note. But when we see something like a direct contradiction or a, a set of statements that evidence a child may be being alienated or coached, um, if that can be proven in court or there's evidence of that, if it's your client, your client's not in a very good position. Uh, first of all, from a human perspective, you should not be coaching your children. They're stressed out enough. Second of all, if the court finds that there's coaching, those can be grounds and, and alienation in general, that can be grounds to change custody. So you need to be very careful what you're telling your children. Sometimes there's court orders and often there's general court orders that restrain both parents from talking about custody cases with their children or from talking negatively about the other parent in front of the child or allowing third parties to do so. Those are very general orders that are made. But even if you don't have those orders, you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, and the only other time that I could foresee a child being interviewed is in a child custody evaluation, which we have talked extensively about on our show. If you missed that one, go back to Custody Queens on air, where we have all of our past shows, and find the one where we were interviewing attorney Carrie Block, where we talked about 3111 and 730. They are uh, simultaneously both used when referring to a child custody evaluation. But what is great about those evaluations is those psychologists are experts that are appointed by the court, but their job is to identify or to see if children are being coached or trained to answer a question in a certain way or if alienation is going on. So those experts, 
if you have a case where you believe the child is being coached and saying things that's, that one parent is making them say, a 730 or a child custody evaluation is prime for your case. And I would talk to an attorney about what your options are. But those are the only cases that I could see where a child would be, quote unquote, being interviewed by a third party or social worker. Yeah, and, and when you talk about coaching for a minute, you think like, well, hey, Sam, Kristen, what's an example of a child being coached? Uh, I think a, a really good example would be like a seven or eight year old saying something like, I want to be 50% of the time with my dad or 50% of the time with my mom. It's not a natural statement for a seven or eight year old to make. And it's a statement that's made all the time in family law and triggers to me and, and anyone that does it for a living. Someone's talking to this child about timeshare and and where they should be sleeping at night rather than talking to this child about like what sport they want to play and, and what they should really be considering yeah and sam and i have had many perry mason moments on this exact issue when we find text messages that indicate that this is going on you know i love getting a text message from mom sent to dad that says i told the kids exactly to tell the doctor about all of your drinking and everything you do and told them that i need to have 90 percent custody now while in that example obviously the drinking if it's an issue should be addressed but clearly mom just ratted herself out that she is talking to the kids about the case about timeshare and about percentages so there has been a lot of perry mason moments at our law firm regarding this exact issue so i encourage you to call for a consult at 1-800-419-7772 if this Perry Mason moment is something that you'd like more advice on. And with the text message point that Kristen just brought up, which is an excellent point, if, if you're receiving text messages like this or you're thinking about sending text messages like this, you really need to talk to an attorney because a lot of these messages get used in court and a lot of these messages can hurt or help your case. Yep. All right, Kristen, so let's get on to, as you would say, the meat and potatoes of today's show. Uh, Kristen and I's show today is really special to us. We are going to talk about the story of CQ. So I'm going to put it over to Kristen, put her back in the hot spot, and let her get going. You mean I only have like 12 minutes to tell you my whole story about my dream and what CQ has become? You're a fast talker, I believe in you. <laughs> I am a really fast talker. Uh, no, I just want to summarize it and give you guys a little bit of the background of who Sam and I are. Uh, you guys have been learning a lot about us as both attorneys and humans, but the way that CQ really came about was a dream. And when I say a dream, I literally mean a dream while you while I was sleeping. So about four years, four or five years into my career, and Sam had been working with me for a few years, uh, I, we both started taking a lot of the custody cases. I was a new mom at that time. I had one, maybe two children at that time. And I, I was very organically drawn, to, drawn to those custody cases. There's a lot of issues in family law cases, but the family law was very near and dear to me. And somehow with each month that passed and each year that passed, Sam and I started getting more and more and more and more complex and more complex. And then there kind of became a running joke that we were the custody attorneys in the office. With custody specifically, it is not something that everybody is cut out for. No, that's absolutely right. And I, I think for me, why I started to become so drawn to custody cases is they're so, it's the same set of laws, but they're so different. Every case is different. There's other aspects of family law 
that are very defined. Community property law is very defined. And so there's really closer to the this will happen or won't happen advice. Family law custody is just not that way. There are different standards, but one of the biggest standards that the court relies on in making a custodial order is best interest. And so as an attorney, you have to get to know your client. You have to get to know the dynamics of the family, the court that you're in front of, where everything is in order to present the case as good as you can. And so you could have the same type of case or the same fact pattern over and over and over again and have completely different results. And there's something that drew me to that and Kristen to that because it takes like, getting up and having that same passion in the morning every day to execute it, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. It, it takes a special person that has the ability to deal with other people's problems and issues and fights, along with their own challenges that they may be going through, because we never know what everyone's going through. But it takes a special person to be able to do that day in and day out. And I'm gonna tell you, one night I literally woke up, I went to bed and I woke up the next morning and I walked in and I said, Sam, we are the custody queens. And it has evolved from there into something that I didn't even imagine could be this great and this amazing. And when I say that, I could have named custody queen, custody queen, because it really truly was my dream, my passion. and. I very intentionally made it Custody Queens. Sam is one of my best friends and I am very grateful to have a partner like her that sees the vision that we are creating together and the team that we are building together. And I will say this, um, and, and that's so kind, Kristen, and I feel the exact same way about you. But when we first started out, we didn't have a lot of believers. You know, people weren't People weren't buying in as much. They're, what's this custody queen thing? And Kristen and Kristen's always believed in me since the day I walked into her firm, a, a very green attorney, um, and always believed in this brand. And I bought in immediately, and I felt it in my soul that that this would go somewhere. And not just from a you know being on the radio, this is amazing and 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 wonderful, but just go somewhere from the the perspective of Kristen and I can really help out a lot of people with not just custody but the education of family law and the education of custody cases so that people who maybe don't have attorneys or or have an attorney it's just not a right fit they see that family law is a very fluid area of law but th there's hope and we don't give up on our children and we raise them as good as we can and we're here for you and so it's something that Kristen and I are just so passionate about Kristen had that aha moment um, and I vividly remember her yelling, we are the custody queens. And I was like, yeah. And we just like, I don't know that we high-fived, but we high-fived, if that makes sense. Um, but it's just, it's been a very exciting roller coaster. And I, I think I wanted to talk about the fact that I'm sure you all out there are thinking it, but Kristen and I are not um, your standard attorneys. And it was the aha moment that we decided that we didn't want to be, that this is who we are and that everyone should be who they are and develop your brand or develop what you're doing with your life and, and run towards it. This is what we're passionate about, we believe in, and we're not going anywhere. Yeah, and when people interview Sam and I, uh, we have a lot of people from magazines that want to do 
you know, stories or features on us. And it's the same questions all the time. And you will find all of our answers on our website. We really put our heart and our soul into our blogs. Uh, if you take the time, read them because there's some great advice, but there's also some great personal stuff on there. But my mission statement for Custody Queens was, has always been, this is your life. We are your attorneys. We want to educate you. We want to help you. We want to navigate the legal process for you. But we are not a one-size-fits-all attorney, and you are not a one-size-fits-all client. And we are breaking the mold of what an attorney should be and what a client should be. Clearly, there's boundaries and scope of representation, what we do as attorneys, what we don't do as attorneys. Right. But Sam and I and our team, and I really want to get a huge shout out to our Custody Queens team. We have Carrie Block, we have Melanie Suba, we have Christine Harone. We have a lot of really good attorneys that I'm super proud of. We have a support staff that is amazing. We have Margot Emil on maternity leave. We love you. And if you're listening, we love you, Margot. Can't wait to have you back. But everybody from Christy Kaiser to our whole team, I cannot thank everyone enough, even to the marketing team, to the production team that is sitting here with us today. Believing in us. This vision would not come to light and our brand would not be where it is today without all of these people. And a huge shout out to my dad, Dane Holstrom, who has drank the Kool-Aid, as I say. <laughs> and, you know, he might have questioned my brand and my thought process a few years ago, but he's drank the Kool-Aid and he is our biggest fan. But that is what makes the Custody Queens the Custody Queens. We are not normal. You don't have a normal case. You are not a normal parent and you are not a normal person that should just look at a law or a rule and know exactly how you're supposed to live your life and co-parent. Yeah, and people ask us all the time, oh, you're an attorney, great. What kind of law do you do? Family law, oh, why? And, and my response is always like, well, I mean, clearly you don't wanna do it. Someone's gotta do it. And, and that's what Kristen and I thankfully believe in and want to do so we were the good guys yeah and it is a passion that 10 years into my career and been doing it before we were even attorneys that we still wake up every single day maybe a little stressed but still very excited about what we do we take new cases with the same passion that we had the day we took our first case, if not more, because we know more, we've lived more, we've been through more experiences, but we are the attorneys that are gonna see problems that you're gonna have 10 years down the road that we don't want you to have to come back and hire us again. We wanna help you get this right with the education now, because guess what? A happy client with good orders is a better parent and better parents really give children a better life. Absolutely. So. In summary, Sam, I am so happy to be on this journey with you. Me and there's too. no one else that I would rather have sitting next to me in Thank that you, chair. Kristen. And being a custody queen and being part of this amazing team. And I do want to give a little shout outs to my assistants that really keep my head on straight. I do have one here today listening because without them, uh, I wouldn't even be here on time. But Sam, I wouldn't be here on time. Regardless. I love you, girl. <laughs> And I am so proud of the team that we have built. And you guys listening, watch out. We are coming for LA. We are coming for these new geographic locations. And keep calling, keep sending us direct messages. I love hearing from you guys. I love hearing that you love our post. Sam, didn't we have one recently that said you can't fix crazy, you can just document it? Right. That was from our production team's help. And man, I loved everybody's comments. That was amazing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Keep sending in 
all your guys' thoughts and messages. It's it's really uplifting for Kristen and I, and it's also helpful for us to figure out what you guys want to hear. Yeah. So in summary, thanks for being on this journey with us. If you want to get a hold of us, uh, we are all over social media. You can follow us at Custody Queens on air, Custody Queens. You can follow Kristen's personal Instagram handle at Custody Queen Kristen, mine at Samantha McBride. You can call in. And if you guys want to talk about a case, make sure that you give us a ring at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. So keep drinking the Custody Queen Kool-Aid and join us next Saturday at 8.30 on Go Country 105. And remember, let love love rule. The opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal, professional, legal advice. The persons discussed are fictional and not based on actual clients.